Live from the downtown studio, the Flames Talk postgame show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You can make it three straight wins for the Flames as they blank the Anaheim Ducks on a Thursday night to kick off a mini two-game road trip and milestones aplenty in this game for the Flames. Jacob Markstrom's 19th career shutout, his 200th career win, Nick Simone's first career NHL goal ends up being the game winner early in the first and the Flames are now 3-0-2 in their last five games with this third consecutive win this evening. Welcome to our Flames Talk post-game show. It's Pat Stein along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line is open at 960-960. Joined by Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills on this Thursday night as well. And uh, Mick, they score early in the first in what was a five-on-five pretty low event game. Not a ton happening. A lot of special teams in this game, but against a, a team like the Ducks who entered seven games below 500. Flames did what they needed to do. They just needed to find a way to get two points tonight. Yeah, and I think for me, looking back on this game, the key for the Calgary Flames was the starts to their periods. Every single period they came out and they were sharp off the start. They were ready at the puck drop of this hockey game and then thereafter just setting the tone every single period. But great to see Nick DeSimone score his first NHL goal at the age of 29. Also great to see the creativity with which the Flames attempted to play with from an offensive standpoint. They had a ton of chances, uh, especially in the second period, but just couldn't convert. Uh, Also like the fact that they scored a power play goal, even though it wasn't a traditional quote-unquote power play goal, more of a a rush goal, but still should help them in the the power play confidence department. Their penalty kill was outstanding and did a really great job of defending and protecting the front of the net. And obviously a solid performance by Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, I mean, it uh, at times was a hard hockey game to watch, I'm not going to lie, but the Flames found a way to win it. They were the better of the two teams. They deserved to pick up two points tonight, and they did uh, enough to get the job done against uh, a young up-and-coming Ducks team that unfortunately lost uh, one of their yeah. top prospects. Mm-hmm. It was hard to watch uh, that play where uh, Leo Carlson went down with what looked like a knee injury, maybe a significant one, just with the way he reacted, with the way Mackenzie Weger reacted after kind of awkwardly falling on his knee, inadvertently falling on his knee. Um, but Jacob Markstrom was perfect, and uh, the Flames got uh, offensive contributions from uh, a bunch of different guys and stretched their winning streak to three for the first time this season, their point streak to five for the first time this season, got back to 500 again. So if they can beat the Kings a couple of nights from now, they can get to above 500 for the first time in forever and uh, maybe go into the Christmas break uh, in a Stanley Cup playoff spot. Uh, So all in all, a really good night for the Flames at Honda Center in Anaheim. Uh, By the way, Jacob Markstrom, 60 on his last 61 since uh, missing two weeks with that broken finger. The marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Was uh, the Flames able to get back to the 500 mark? They've been to 500 a few times. They have uh, not been able to get above the 500 mark, going all the way back to their fourth game of the season when they were 2-1-1. That's the last time the Flames have been above 500 this season. We'll see if they can do it uh, on Saturday night against the 
Los Angeles Kings. A few things to get to before we go back to Honda Center and get our uh, first piece of uh, reaction from there following a third consecutive win. Um, you know what, Wilsey? I, I think the, the thing that was most significant to me in this game because you know, there, there wasn't a whole lot happening five on five uh, a fairly even pedestrian five on five game there just wasn't a lot of five on five play tonight uh, but the Flames when it was all said and done thanks to natural stat trick um, on their five on four looks they also had a five on three for a long period of time which would add to this but on their five on four looks alone the Flames uh, generated ten slot opportunities yeah. or ten high dangers I know they scored the power play goal to mix point that was not a setup in the zone power play goal came after a duck shorthanded chance and the flames on the uh, on the other way were able to score the Lindholm goal but that actually whether that goal goes in or not I know that was the best power play looks the flames have had in a long long time which is a, a positive to take from this yeah one. no doubt about it Pat Megan and I talked about that throughout the broadcast they went one for seven but really one for six because the ducks took a penalty with what Three seconds, Three seconds yeah. left in the hockey game. So I said at the time, it's just going to hurt the Flames' power play numbers, which uh, don't need any help in that regard. But I thought they were dangerous all night. Uh, and Lucas Dostal made some good saves and I would say made some lucky saves where it didn't look to me like he knew where the puck was and it just hit him. I guess you could argue he was in good position and that's why it hit him. But I think about that glove save that he made on Jonathan Huberdeau who with all of Bill Gates' money can't buy one right now. He made a really neat play from behind the net, uh, knocked the puck out of the air and right into Dostal's glove. Um, but their power play was dangerous tonight. And for me, that's a, a really important first step uh, they scored, which is another step in the right direction. And you, know, you can be streaky on both sides of special teams. Their penalty kill has been pretty consistent all season. And uh, you get the bonus of those shorthanded goals as well. But you know, maybe this is the start of what will be a, a positive streak for the Flames on their power play. Yeah, I would 100% agree. And that, that's the best their power play has looked in quite a while. Uh, and talked about it on the broadcast. And just in terms of them being more unpredictable, I know it's something that I've said a number of times this season that in order for their power play to be able to generate more, they need to use more deception and they need to be a lot more unpredictable in terms of what other teams are expecting from them in, in the the plays that they're making, the routes that they're running. And at one point we saw Connor Zary was at the top of the power play. So they were changing things up, trying different things to try to, to generate. Still would like to see a lot more uh, deception uh, and also talked about on the broadcast just in terms of you can't it's not enough now to just move the puck around quickly and try to you know get a shot get it back move it around get a shot get it back you need to really manipulate the defenders their feet and their sticks uh, and try to get them out of position and that's where you create the most dangerous opportunities mm -hmm. on the power play that you're able to convert on a lot more easily versus just shots on net let's select tonight's hardest working flame following a three nothing win on on the road in Anaheim. Hardest Working Flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Mick, which way are you uh, leaning for the hardest working flame tonight? Yeah, this one's tough. I'm going to go with 
Jacob Markstrom. Um, I haven't, I don't think I've given him the hardest working flame yet this so. season. And so that in of itself, you look back at the body of work uh, that he has put in this season. He's been outstanding. But, you know, in this game tonight, obviously, it's, that's a, a significant milestone for him in his 200th win and with a shutout. But I thought he was sharp early on and made a couple of saves that, you know, weren't 10 bellers per se, but were important saves in the game that, you know, last season may may have slipped by him. So I thought he was really sharp in this game. Uh, some, some key saves at key times. So the hardest working flame tonight is Jacob Markstrom and the hardest working flame is brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com and uh, Derek, uh, that's, a, that's a solid return to action for Jacob Markstrom in two games where that he was the, the best player in a lot of ways in Monday's win over Florida. Tonight didn't have to be tested as much but was perfect and looked completely in control from start to finish. Never once felt like Jacob was uh, going to let in a softy or anything close to it. Felt like you really had to beat him. He's got a 984 in the two games since uh, he's returned from injury. So Flames liking what they're getting from their number one goalie since he's come back. They definitely, not to say the other two in Dan Vladar and Dustin Wolf didn't give the Flames a chance while Jacob was gone. But to get Markstrom back and playing at that level, they'll take it. Absolutely, and something that Jason LaBarber talked about when he joined us uh, post-game the other night was that Jacob Markstrom is usually a lot better when he's rested than when he's not. And obviously after missing seven games and 16 days with a broken finger, he came back well-rested. I thought he was excellent in the Flames' 3-1 win versus the Panthers on Monday and didn't have to be as good against the Ducks tonight because they're just not as good a team, but still had to make some timely saves. It was a one-goal game after one. It was a two-goal game after two, and the game was still up for grabs in period number three. It felt like it uh, was all but over when the Flames you know, scored that third goal to put it out of reach for the Ducks. But, mm-hmm. you know, Jacob Markstrom is back to where he was a couple of seasons ago, in my opinion. And I know the numbers don't necessarily tell that story with the goals against average and the save percentage, but they've been getting better and better. And there haven't been a lot of goals against early in games. Uh, There haven't been a lot of goals against where you think, eh, he probably should have had that or should he have had that. Um, Teams are having to to beat this guy. He's not beating himself. And... Uh, goaltending has has been a sore spot in this city for a long, long time. Uh, Flames fans got a reprieve from that a couple of years ago, and Jacob Markstrom finished second in Vesna Trophy voting. But you know, last season was a tough season for both him and Dan Vladar. And this season, he's back to being a legitimate number one goaltender. And with the way he's playing lately, I think uh, on the precipice of being considered uh, an elite goaltender again, which is great for him and great for the Flames. The, uh, by the way, uh, thanks to Jordan Bay over at uh, the Flames PR, uh, Jacob Markstrom, the third Swedish-born goalie to hit the 200-win plateau in NHL history. So congratulations to him. Uh, and and just a final note before uh, we uh, hear from head coach Ryan Huska and before we uh, get your final thoughts, friends, uh, Mick, you're a former uh, you're a former defender, and Nick D. Simone, I got to go pull up this stat quickly, so I'm going to stall while I talk. Here. Uh, but uh, our Flames Talk family member, Wes Gilbertson, had this one. Um, so 
Nick D. Simone uh, at 29 years and 30 days is the fourth oldest player to score his first goal as a member of the Flames and oldest since uh, Pavel Targayev in November of 1995. Uh, the oldest player, of course, is Sergei Makarov, who did so at the age of 31, but 29 years old, Mick, to score his first NHL goal, uh, defender to defender. That has to be pretty cool for you to see. Yeah, maybe, you know a defender who didn't score a lot of goals to another defender who hasn't scored a lot of goals. Uh, it, it has to feel good for him, obviously. And, you know, I think that when you're a defenseman that takes a lot of pride in protecting the front of your net, uh, playing really solid defense uh, when you don't play a ton of minutes and you, you know, we heard him say earlier on in the season that he just tries to, you know, put up good, solid, important minutes for the team uh, and just, you know, bring the best that he has. You like to see him get rewarded for that. And I mean, it was a great shot in terms of uh, if he would have, it was a pass from Connor Zary and a, a one-timer shot that had a lot of velocity on it. If he would have, you know, know cradled the puck and caught it and then released it yeah. then it, it may not have gone in so uh you know for a guy that age who has obviously worked extremely hard uh to get to this level uh you have to be happy for him and he's been pretty productive now that's yeah. uh five points in 13 games off the blue line it's been a nice story Wilsey. it absolutely has been and uh not many nhlers score their first goal at the age of 29 Mm -hmm. uh, and for a lot of guys, if, if you get that deep into your career without uh, being able to establish yourself as an NHLer, you might think about doing something else. But uh, you have to give Nick DeSimone credit for persevering and you know, spending a lot of time at the AHL level and biding his time, waiting for an opportunity at the NHL level. And he got called up because of the injury to Chris Tanev, got inserted right in the lineup last Tuesday and he's played five straight games since then. So I give him credit for being given an opportunity and then taking advantage of that opportunity. And something that probably helps his cause is that he's a right shot. Mm -hmm. Because Ryan Huska likes lefties on the left and he righties does. on the right. And he makes one exception to that rule because Mackenzie Weger has been so good playing on his offside this season. But, uh, yeah, I, I love the underdog story. And for me... Nick DeSimone is an underdog story in the NHL, and it's uh, kind of cool for me because I got to call his big brother's games at the AHL Aww, level. Yeah, Phil DeSimone. Um, so I know Phil will be happy for Nick tonight, uh, and it's hard not to be happy for a guy who's put in the work like him and is now getting rewarded for that. And, you know, Pat, we talked a little bit about Dennis Gilbert earlier. Should the Flames hold on to him moving forward? Well, I think he could have the same conversation about Nick DeSimone, who's good defensively, but to your point is also been chipping in offensively for this team, uh, which is something that all of their blue liners have been doing. Uh, stay with us on our Flames Talk postgame show. We're going to hear from uh, Nick DeSimone. He's going to join us from Honda Center in Anaheim very shortly. Our Flames Talk postgame is underway with the phone lines open at 403-240-4444. The text line open at 960-960. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, before we do any of that, though, let's get some final thoughts from our broadcast duo. 3 nothing. your final score. Flames take a 3-0 uh, win on the road in Anaheim. Uh, final thoughts starting with Megan Megan Mickelson. Yeah, I think for me, one of the big takeaways and 
Uh, we heard Mark Savard talk a little bit about it earlier, was just how this team is really starting to get dialed into their systems. Uh, and you can tell with the consistency with which they're playing that, you know, they're they're starting to become more second nature for them, that they're a lot more comfortable with them. And that's when your systems really start to become effective when, as a player, you can go out there uh, and you react instead of always having to think about things. So I think that that's something that we're really starting to see with this team and it's starting to, to pay dividends for them. But also like the way that they continue to, you know, kind of roll four lines in 6D and how effective they've been in playing that type of game. So they've set themselves up really nicely to be able to go into L.A. uh, and try to come away with another two points. First of all, just uh, my thoughts are with Leo Carlson. Yes. Uh, Exciting young player in this league. Second overall pick in last summer's draft. Off to a really good start in his rookie season in the NHL, and he – Suffers a lower body injury tonight. It looked like it could be serious. Hopefully it looked worse than it actually is. But uh, my thoughts with him, hopefully he's back sooner rather than later and and is healthy. As far as the Flames are concerned, uh, I just sent out a tweet, so I'll just read it. Uh, Nick DeSimone scores his first NHL goal. Jacob Markstrom picks up his 200th NHL win by way of shutout. The Flames stretch their winning streak to a season-long three games and their point streak to a season-long five games. They move back to the 500 mark in the win-loss column, and they do all of that in their seventh straight win in a building where they were they had one win, I think, in their previous 28 games. Does that sound right? So it was a really good night for the Flames. Uh, they're back to within one point of a playoff spot. We'll see if they can get above 500 and into the playoffs with a victory in Los Angeles in a couple of nights. Thank you, friends. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Pat. Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills signing off on this Thursday night. And let's head back to Honda Center in Anaheim as we continue along on your Flames Talk postgame show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you as the Flames take a 3-0 win over the Anaheim Ducks. We say hello to the gentleman who scored the game-winning goal, Nick DeSimone with us on our Flames Talk postgame show right now. Nick, I know you've done a lot of media. You did the first intermission. You did some post game in the locker room. Now you're on with us. Uh, well, that's what happens when you score your first NHL goal. How's that feel? And how's it feel to know it came in a win tonight? Yeah, I mean, that obviously makes it uh, way more special. And that's a big win for a group to getting back to 500. Uh, you know, we've been trying to get to get there for what feels like a little bit now, Up, you know, up and down. And now we have another opportunity, you know, one more game before break to go in one game over 500 and, and really feel uh, good about our game. I guess uh, there's a couple ways we can go. I'll ask you first about the goal. What did you see on it? How uh, how did it all develop the way that you saw it on the ice? Uh, Connor Zari making plays and me just uh, being a benefactor. Um, no, I you know I I saw him turn up. Uh, I just tried to find a little soft area there in the middle of the ice, and you know I knew he's gonna get the pass through to me one way or another. I just wanted to put myself in a good spot and. You know, you put it right in my wheelhouse, and luckily, uh, you know, I got it to the net, and it went in. Did you? Uh, did you think it? Like, did you know it went in as soon as you shot it, or did you have to? Uh, did you have to get a little confirmation on that? No, I didn't know until I looked up and you know, kind of saw it uh, in the net. So, took a couple seconds for sure. Uh, Megan Mickelson was talking about how important it was for you not to cradle and to just get it off the stick right away. How important was that in making sure you caught uh, the Ducks goaltender off guard? 
Yeah, I mean, especially in the past, uh, I feel like we've really had to move, move a little bit. So, um, you know, you don't get a whole lot of time to uh, handle the puck in this league. So I just wanted to, especially at the start of the game, you know, get a couple, you know, shots on the goalie. And, and uh, like I said, luckily it just kind of snuck in there. Two more questions for you, Nick. You talked about this being a big win for the group. Just overall, how'd you like the way the team played tonight? Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, uh, I think right from the start, we were playing our game. I think we had a bit of a lull maybe in the second period there. Uh, just kind of maybe trying to do a little bit too much. But got yeah, back to our game. And, you know, our PK was great. PP came up with a big goal. And you know, I think we should, uh, you know, feel good about our game. And a final thought for you. You've got five points in your first 13 NHL games, goal and four assists. Uh, you've been playing a lot with, uh, I know, your uh, longtime buddy, Dennis Gilbert, as well. Just how, from a comfort level, how are you uh, feeling at the highest level? How are you starting to settle in playing NHL hockey on a pretty regular basis here? Uh, I feel good. I mean, it's it's a test every you know every day and, and every night, which is you know what you want as a competitor. It's It's been awesome. And, you know, like I've said, uh, every time you get to do it more and more, you get more comfortable. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, every day is, is a test. And, you know, I just try to bring my best, pass the test, and move on to the next one. Nick, congratulations on the goal. Congratulations on the game winner. And more importantly, congratulations on the win. Thanks so much for doing this. Hey, good luck on Saturday. Thank you. I appreciate it. That is Nick DeSimone postgame in Anaheim. He scores his first career NHL goal. It's the game winner in a 3-0 win over the Anaheim Ducks from Nick DeSimone, who uh, had himself a big night. To the head coach, let's hear from Ryan Huska, who just wrapped up postgame following his team's third consecutive win. Ryan, what did you make of the, uh, the way that you guys could have built your game here tonight and, and you know, found a way to put it away in the end. I thought we did a good job tonight. The The first period, there was a few moments where I thought we were a little careless with the puck in the neutral zone, but as the second and third progressed, I thought we did a lot of good things positionally and, and with the puck, so I, I was happy with our game tonight. I know the shot blocking's gotten a lot of attention here the last yeah. couple, but it seemed like there was kind of a, a concentrated effort again here tonight, and specifically maybe in the third, kind of inbox a couple big ones. There. Yeah, that's a big part of it, so the game's still in question at that point, and if they happen to score on that power play, then then you're in one because the momentum shifts a lot. It's one thing when you block one and it stings like that, but he went right out and blocked the second one, and I think that says a lot about him and, and how the guys are running right now. Big power play goal here tonight as well. Yeah. It seemed like even though he didn't get one on the next ones after that, there was a lot of momentum that came from it. So. We, got, we got shots tonight. I think we did a good job of directing pucks to the net. And, I think if you have an aggressive mentality more often than not, eventually one's going to go for you. You know, And we were able to get one off the rush tonight. Um, and they just have to stay with it. I mean, it, it, the difference in games, when you're playing close games, you need your power play to generate and get you the odd goal every once in a while. So it was nice to see it get rewarded tonight. A couple of milestones tonight, but to see yeah. Jacob Markstrom get 200 and to do with a shutout here. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's he, he's kind of been our rock all year. We've talked a lot about that. When, when he's been in net, he's given us a chance to win all the time. And, and 200 wins in the NHL is no um, easy task to get yourself to, and it was awesome to see the guys do a really good job in front of him to make sure he locked it down with the shutout. At 29 years old, uh, Nicky Simone gets his first NHL yeah. goal. I said he's been hearing it from some of his uh, friends back home about when he's going to get the first. But um, you know, obviously the milestone, but just the significance of the role he's played here for you. Well, I think it's a, that's one of the cooler stories that you'll see is, and it's maybe a good lesson for people never to give up. Too. I mean, you're 29 years old and you 
you have barely had a taste of playing in the NHL, but it, it says a lot about a person's character when you're willing to continue to work and believe in yourself and then make sure you're ready when that chance came for him. So he's done a really good job for us since he's been up. Um, he's kept his game simple. He's moved the puck well, and it was it's fantastic to see him get rewarded with a goal. With four more Pacific Division points coming up, possible next couple of games, are you, are, how positive are you about getting on a good playoff run? Um, it, for, for us, it's just the day that's right in front of us is what we try to focus on. So um, we've strung a few wins together right now, but we enjoy this one briefly. But then, you know, the team we're playing is a real good team in our division. So we'll get a chance to have a practice tomorrow and get ourselves prepared for LA. There you go. That is head coach Ryan Huska post game. His team has won three in a row and uh, now have points in five straight, 3 0 and 2 in that stretch. So you turn a uh, stretch where they lost six of seven and four in a row and kind of you, you straddle that and turn it into a five game point streak and now three straight wins for the Flames. That's the way a uh, season goes. It's the ebbs and flows of an 82 game season. Flames are now 30 something, 33 games into their season and they are finally back to the 500 mark again. See if they can get over that 500 mark on Saturday in Los Angeles. 3-0 your final score tonight. Tonight's game has been brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Okay, phone lines open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960 to your phone calls and your texts around the corner. Lots more post-game reaction as well following a third straight win for Calgary. They blank the Ducks 3-0 on this Thursday night and this is your Flames Talk post-game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Flames Talk postgame show continues from the downtown studio on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Following a 3-0 Flames win over the Anaheim Ducks on a Thursday night, three consecutive wins now for Calgary as our Flames Talk postgame show continues. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, special teams, heavy game, kind of a, a pedestrian, not much happening night at 5-on-5, five five, but... You know, that's kind of the way things go sometimes with a dead crowd. There was uh, 16102 was the announced attendance in Anaheim, and it's kind of a dead crowd. Not a whole lot happening. Five on five. That's the way things go sometimes with this Ducks team. Anaheim's also the most penalized team in the NHL. They took seven penalties, including that Radko Gudis aggressive four-minute uh, high-sticking penalty. Um, and uh, the Flames did what they needed to. They scored early. They didn't allow a whole lot, either on the Ducks' power plays or at five-on-five. Five. And sometimes you have to win meh hockey games over an 82-game season. There's They're not always going to be um, edge-of-your-seat thrillers. And, hey, give the Flames credit. They need points. They need wins. And if they're going to want to stay in this wild-card race, they're going to need to continue to win hockey games. Uh, they're going to remain three points out of a playoff spot when it's all said and done because the Arizona Coyotes also win. Everybody won on this uh, Thursday night. Nashville won. Arizona won. St. Louis won. Minnesota won. Edmonton won. So the Flames are going to want to stay in the mix and keep themselves in this playoff picture. They got to keep winning hockey games. They did so, and sometimes sometimes the style points really don't matter. It's time for tonight's Save of the Game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. Jacob Markstrom, after making 33 on 34 on Monday night against Florida, he, uh, well, he was perfect tonight. Save of the Game comes in the second period. 
Lauren spins away for Sharon Govich and centers it. Nice pass to Carrick, who can't get a shot off. He does center it, and now Killorn with a shot, and Cowan's stopped by Markstrom. I'd say his best save of the second period so far. That's one of the 27 that Jacob made tonight, and that is his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kidsport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. And with the win tonight, uh, 19th career shutout for Jacob Markstrom and uh, the 200th career NHL win for Jacob Markstrom. And... Uh, in the process of picking up his 200th career win, Jacob becomes just the third Swedish-born goaltender to ever hit 200 Ws in the NHL. The two ahead of him, Henrik Lundqvist, of course, the all-time leader at 459. And uh, next up, if Jacob wants to move into second all-time amongst, which he almost uncertainly will, second all-time amongst Swedish-born goaltenders, Tommy Salo has 210, or had 210 NHL wins during his NHL career. Also had a great, great goal allowed um, in a game against uh, Belarus in the 2002 Olympics. But, you know, we ought to talk about that. Uh, Tommy Salo finished with 210 career NHL wins and Henrik Lundqvist 459. And they now have company in the 200-plus win category among Swedish-born goaltenders. His name is Jacob Markstrom. Let's hear from Jacob right now post-game in Anaheim. Let's just start with um, the, the victory, the team effort, uh, what you saw from the group here and, and being able to string here three straight wins together now. Yeah, it's good. I, I thought it was a very complete game and, uh, you know, our penalty kill, I can't can't praise them enough, uh, uh, you know, how many shot blocks and uh, big time plays they do. And uh, so so I think that was, a, that was a big difference tonight. And then, you know, all four lines were all them and, all 60 pairing and Desimone get a get a goal, which is huge for him today. And nice to get some, uh, uh, you know, goals from 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 those guys. And I feel like we've been getting him, getting him, uh, you know, getting him a lot from from the younger guys. And you know, that's what you need, uh, and that's what we need as a team to to be successful. I know you mentioned a number of different guys contributed in the shot block department, but I'm just thinking back to that third period and that PK, and and I think it was two there at least by Hannafin and, yeah, and for Woodrow, sure. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know they don't feel good uh tell you that and to to get one and then you know puck goes around and same setup and same guy and you know he doesn't he don't hesitate and just go down on one knee and eat it again you know i got i got a lot of gear on so i'm pretty pretty good protected and you know the players in front of me aren't but they they you know sacrifice themselves so that's uh, inspiring to see oh i know collectively they uh, they also wanted to get this one done for you too i mean what does it mean here to reach a milestone like 200 wins in your career yeah i uh you know, I didn't know before the game until before the game, and uh, so you know, I'm, I'm sure they they told me so. Uh, I'll be ready to not buy Christmas gift for for all the money I have, but put some on the board for the guys. So <laughs> yeah. I think that's a that's a reason why. But yeah, it's uh, you know we're we're just looking forward and looking forward to yeah. 201. Uh, I don't third, third Swedish goaltender to do it. I don't know if it, you, you look through that list and no. it's you know obviously the number and the names there, but. Um, you know, is there is there significance or meaning in your mind to, to the number two hundred? Uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, you know you. I've been growing up watching Lundqvist, and you see his numbers, and you know it's uh, those are the numbers. Uh, you know, I'm not going to catch, and you know we'll see in the future if any any Swedish goalie is going to catch that. But uh, I think the, what he did uh, and those numbers, that's you know the the numbers you look at, it and you realize how far behind you are. 
One last one I'll just ask you about, um, you know, building on. Uh, you get back to 500 here, obviously, an opportunity with one more game before the break. How much uh, significance do you put on that last one and, and continuing what you built? I think, uh, you know, after the last road trip when we got back, it was, uh, uh, you know, we had four games and we knew those those games were going to be big for, for us to be back in the, uh, you know, back to 500 and then, you know, hopefully above 500. So it's, uh, you know, we got a claw and scratch our way back in the hunt here and into wild wildcard spot and, and set us set ourselves up for for a nice Christmas break. There you go. That is Jacob Markstrom post game and uh, you know downplaying 200. He is 259 back of Henrik Lundqvist, but only 10 back of Tommy Salo for second all time on the Swedish born goaltender list uh, when it comes to NHL wins. Also, his 19th career shutout, and uh, that also helps the uh, Flames to a three nothing win over the Anaheim Ducks this evening. Let's get to the text line for the first time at 960 nine. 60 as the Flames take a 3-0 win over the Anaheim Ducks, starting with a Leandro text who says another marquee masterclass. Fun game. Poo-poo to those saying they should trade this guy. No knock on Dan Vladar, but I want Dustin Wolf to learn from Jacob Markstrom. I know we talked about this before on the pairing, but what are your thoughts on the folks saying they should trade him? I know it really depends on him since he has a no-move clause. The marquee haters, like that one Connor you had not so long ago, take a seat. Hope these boys keep going like this. Well, I mean, a lot of it comes down, in, in, in my opinion, on the direction the Flames choose to go, how much younger they do end up going between now and the trade deadline or between now and next year's start of the season. And if they go super young, well, then I, I really do wonder about Jacob Markstrom's desire to, to be on a team that is going that young and, and, you know, at his age. And not to say he's in an advanced age or anything like that, but we are talking about a goalie who is uh, well above 30 at this point. And he's 33 years old. He'll turn 34 in January. And so... We're talking about a guy that, yeah, I think that there are, are some questions with two years left on his contract after this year as to whether or not being part of a you know, larger retool or rebuild is something that he wants to do. You know, if, there, if, that, if it's not going to be a, a super large pivot, well, then maybe he's willing to stay. And then I'm with you, Leandro, that um, a pairing of him and Dustin Wolf would make a lot of sense. But... I, I, I think it's really important to have the discussion with Jacob Markstrom at some point between now and the deadline and at some point this summer, depending if he's here after the deadline, which I would put money on him, he will be. But at some point in the next few months, I think you do need to have a conversation with Jacob about the direction the team is going and, and his desire about being a part of what that direction would be. And if he is more inclined to be elsewhere, then I think that you do start exploring a trade for him and see what you can get. Um, he has a full no-movement clause, so can veto all kinds of destinations, but at the very least, having the conversation with them, I think, is important. But I am I one of the people that believe that they should be, quote-unquote, getting rid of Jacob Markstrom? No. And, and I think that Will and BC and some other uh, regular texters here would be very, very, uh, would profess the fact that I was a pretty big Jacob defender last year. And and I know that he had a, a pretty dismal year, a very dismal year last year, but I was more of a Jacob defender in that his career's not over. This is not the goalie he's going to be for perpetuity. 
there's a much better chance that he bounces back than him being what he was last year for the rest of his career. Because you don't put up the numbers Jacob did for the last five, six years going into his career year when he was the Vesna Trophy finalist. You don't put up the numbers prior to that for five years and then have one bad year and all of a sudden, oh, well, no, Jacob's bad now. That's not the way it works. You have a body of work that you're far more beholden to and and I think that's that was important. And so Jacob has bounced back because he's a good goalie. And he had a really bad year last year. And he had a career year the year before that. But the overall body of work over the last seven or eight years suggests he is an NHL number one goalie who can get you 9-13, 9-14 save percentage. I by no means believe that getting rid of him or needing to rid yourself of Jacob was ever part of the conversation. Uh, he's a 9.06 save percentage now with uh, his 60 on 61 the last two starts. Good stuff. Uh, this says, Pat, I guess long are the days when the Anaheim Pond was a disastrous losing streak. Totally flipped the script. Kudos to Simone and wins uh, like this. Uh, they mask Huberdeau's goal and point drought. That injury to Leo Carlson didn't look good. Got a feel for the kid. Thanks and best of the season to all of you at Sportsnet 960. That's from Claude. Thank you, sir. Ash says, best game of the season for Lindholm. I'm super stoked to see D. Simone score his first NHL goal as I'm a huge fan of his. The only unfortunate part is the fact that all of the other five games on the out-of-town scoreboard of consequence to the Flames go against them assuming the Coyotes win, which they did. Uh, I hate to be pessimistic, but I'm pretty predicting a loss on Saturday as the Flames always lose when they have a chance to go above 500. Thoughts? I have no idea what's going to happen on uh, on Saturday. The LA Kings are the better team in the standings, significantly better, and they're one of the best teams in the NHL this year. That'll be a tough test, no doubt about it, but I have no idea what's going to happen uh, on, on Saturday. The Flames have uh, generally played pretty well against good teams. Now the Kings are going to be a rested team. They didn't play tonight. They don't play on Thursday, uh, on Friday either, so they'll be waiting for the Flames, but Calgary's not going anywhere. They're staying in SoCal. It's just a it's a long bus ride, but it's it's still a bus ride from Orange County into downtown LA. So They'll get a practice in tomorrow. They'll be fine and rested for Saturday. I think that'll be a good game against the LA Kings. Josh in Lethbridge says, boys had a good game. I love Markstrom with the shutout. I thought Lindholm had his best game of the season. Uh, Markstrom is better after his injury. What do you think about Markstrom and his new game? Well, I, I, I think Markstrom's been good all year. He's been one of their best players all year, um, in, in my opinion. Lucas in Peace River says, great to see the couple of milestones for Markstrom and Simone. To me, it felt like an over Overall, feel-good night. I believe that Huberto hasn't been playing bad the last few games, but the lack of production's a bit concerning. Do you agree? Also, I hope that Carlson's okay. I've seen a collision like that uh, end in a broken leg. Yeah, I think it could be a broken leg, could be a broken ankle, could be torn all kinds of CLs in the uh, in the knee. That was really, really not good-looking. Um, really feel bad. Just a bizarre and innocuous and incidental play with him and, and Mackenzie Weger. I feel bad for Mackenzie, too. He's going to feel awful about that. No intent, didn't mean to do it, but still just a really 
tough and unfortunate situation. Yes, as for the part about Huberdo and the production being concerning, yes, it's it's extremely concerning, no doubt about it. Uh, Stafford's in Fort McMurray tonight, says a great effort all around, and as much as the fans want to think they finally turned the corner, we have to come to the realization that how this team is currently configured, it will not be the same come the trade deadline. By March, we'll know the direction this club takes under the guidance of Craig Conroy and whether he chooses to retune or rebuild. Until then, efforts like the last few will keep Flames fans happy. Well, I do think there's something to be said about still being competitive and still winning and still putting good efforts out even if you are inevitably going to go in a different direction. I don't think there's any doubt about it that they're going to go in a different direction in some form or another between now and March 8th. And probably moving on from at least two, if not all three of their unrestricted free agents. I would say that the chances are better that they move on from all three, definitely far better than keeping all three. And I think it's still very much up in the air as to whether or not they keep even one of them. So, and I'm not saying there's no chance they could. I'm just saying that they've got an opportunity. Craig Conroy knows the opportunity. And there's also the case that if the guys don't want to resign and if going elsewhere is what they're thinking, well, then he's going to trade them, no question about it. But doesn't mean that anybody should be waving white flags and guys inside that room, whether they're guys who might be traded or guys who are not going to be traded, they still want to win and be competitive. And I give the Flames credit. They've been able to be competitive. The efforts have been strong, and they're winning some games here very recently as they've now won three in a row. Um this from Smiley. Flames on a three-game win streak. Should I stay up to hear fans finding reasons to hate or go to sleep with a huge smile on my face? That's up to you, Smiley. Adam and Cochran says, noticing increasing chatter, mostly from out-of-market media, about Markstrom as a potential trade chip, trade target for other teams. Curious what you make of this and whether there's an appetite in the front office to deal him. Terrific to make it back to 500. Excited to see how the team can build on it from here. Uh, and again, Look, 500 is not something to celebrate. 500 is the bare minimum to be a competitive team at the uh, in the NHL. I don't care what the Western Conference looks like this year. If you're not a 500 team, you're not a playoff team. So the Flames have finally, or not finally, but have once again gotten back to the bare minimum baseline. We shouldn't be celebrating 500. We shouldn't even be celebrating one game above 500 if they do it on Saturday. That's not something to celebrate. But... It's prerequisite to being able to start to build something a little bit more and get a little bit more in the conversation of being a playoff team. That much is is true. As for um, the Markstrom and, and being a trade chip, do they have an appetite to do it? I don't think that they're looking to move Markstrom out. I don't think they're actively searching to get rid of him. But if they go to him, have a conversation and say, Marky, how are you feeling about the new direction that we are thinking about going down? And he says, you know, I'd rather be on a contender. Well, then I think that you owe it to Jacob and you owe it to yourself as a team to explore that market and see what you can get for him. And between now and the trade deadline, I can think of two or three teams that I think you could, you don't have to squint too hard to see would be interested in him. 
And then I think in the offseason, uh, it opens up the conversation that much more. Uh, Joel from Brooks says, Pat, does this mean the Anaheim curse is broken? Yes, I think with seven straight wins at the Honda Center, um, the fans can start chanting, you can win here because they, they've won seven in a row. And uh, finally from Dylan and Revelstoke, before we get to the phone lines, can't remember the last time the Flames actually made a good team look bad. Good to see. Still really worried about them trying to sign these UFAs after a few W's. Got to be at least five times a game I see Zeri make a strong defensive play. The uh, dump and chase game has driven me nuts for years, but Zeri actually dumps it in in a deliberately elite manner. It's so rare in vets, never mind rookies. Excited to see his next few years. I'm hoping they skip the bridge for him when it's time. That comes from Dylan in Revelstoke. Uh, and it's a good point about Zeri. I mean, he just does things with poise and hockey IQ that you're not used to from rookie players. He is absolutely showing poise beyond his NHL experience, which is now 23 NHL games. He's up to, by the way, 17 points in those 23 NHL games. Great stuff on the text line at 960-960. Keep them coming. Uh, let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight. Phone lines are open on a Thursday, 403-240-4444. As the Flames take a 3-0 win over the Anaheim Ducks, this is your Flames Talk postgame show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's say hello to George. What's going on, George? Not much, Patty. What's going on with you, my friend? Not much. Good. Look at this, eh? The house of horrors has become the house of hope. Kevin's winning row at the Honda Center. Who would have thought that years ago? You knew it was a as soon as they like it eventually just probability wise it had to turn you can't be you can't lose 25 in a row and set a new NHL record and then not at some point have it come back the other way a little bit so maybe that's what we're talking about of course of course i say it in jest but i'm glad we i'm glad we don't have to talk about that for a long time if ever again boy i those days were awful i dread I dreaded those games. Oh, I, yeah, you, absolutely. You, you would go into those games just <clears throat> knowing that the Flames would find a way to cough it. I remember some of the most inventive and creative ways the Flames would lose games. Like even even when Timu was still playing, I remember being at Shanks and you know there or, or guys falling on shootout attempts or just like it, it was just the the amount of times that they invented new ways to lose in Anaheim. They'd have leads late in third periods and they'd cough them up and yeah yeah it's um it's it's nice to see it go the other way. I'm just I was so sick of that story. So you know when you get used to a very very boring and ho hum story like oh they always lose here. It's nice when the narrative turns a little bit yeah 100 percent, my friend before i comment on this game tonight i ha i have to make a comment on the aj Greer interview you did yesterday was absolutely phenomenal that honestly that was 18 minutes of pure awesomeness kudos to you patty like just amazing questions amazing answers uh we've said it a thousand times but this guy is such an he's he might he's my favorite interview on this team right now like he's just He's amazing. He's really a treat to hear, and he's such a smart guy and uh, an emotional, passionate guy. It was so interesting. So, yeah, I wanted to give you credit for that because I really enjoyed that interview. Well, thank you, man, but uh, g give him credit. I mean, it was pretty. that was a pretty easy oh, one will. to do. So g give him all the credit. Well, I'm going to give you both the credit because you came up with good questions. So. <laughs> well, thank <laughs> we, you. We I'll, take, I'll take it, Georgie. Good, my friend. You got to. It's Christmas. Take all the gifts you can That's get, true. right? That's, That's true. That's true. I like Christmas. that. Anyway, yeah. 
But, uh, yeah, uh, Jacob Markstrom, man, he's looked great since coming back from his broken finger. And, and uh, I know people have mentioned it. I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon, too. It's, you know, I hate you hate to have anybody break a finger or have an injury, period. But, in a way, it was a kind of a blessing because I think the time off really helped him recharge. So, that's good. Now, I'm saying that, I don't want the guy to get injured again. I'm not saying that. But, you know, it's been a blessing to this guy. In these two games, he's been solid, like really good, really in the form. Yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons why... I've I've had these arguments with people over the years about give the guy some rest in, in like you know going back to some of the prior years I'm like style off the workload a little bit because he's better when he's not taxed um, and and I think that we have seen a little bit about uh, of of that this season so yeah he, and and he's been great since I don't uh, to your point I don't think that you know getting breaking his finger has been the reason why he's been good here. But I do think rest is something that absolutely helps him uh, be a little bit of a um, – uh, I just think he's better when he's more rested, and he's definitely been more rested here over the last little bit. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, and if, if there's any any year where you can give him more time off, it's this year – you literally have two NHL backups. Let's call it what it is. Dustin Wolf to me is an NHL backup at this point. He's capable of being so. Right. So it's not like you don't have the people behind him to give him the break. You know what I mean? So, and those guys, I mean, those guys, the team plays well enough in front of them, they can win games. You know, like Vladar's come kind of back up to speed. So, yeah. Yep. I, 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 and that's fair, and I don't think – no, I, there's going to be the temptation here if they start chasing – you know, if they if they are in this playoff hunt, uh, there's going to be a temptation to play him more. But I think that, you know, even some of the things that we're seeing here, maybe that will ease the temptation a little bit because you know that this guy is uh, a little bit better when he's fully rested. I hope so. And you and you know what? I agree with you. I think you're right. I think they will have the temptation to do it and probably will lean that way. But at the other end, if you think of it from this point of view, if they have no choice but to trade two out of three or even three out of three UFAs, like what's the point in that thinking too when you're pretty much going to well, it all depends where they are in the playoff race, right? Like if yeah, if they're at the deadline yeah. and they they trade a few guys and or, or all those guys. But they're still competitive. I, I still go back to what Nashville did last year, man. I think I, – I, and I'm not saying that the Flames are going to do this, but I, we, we've seen it happen before where teams – they, they do trade away some players. They do take a step back competitively, at least on their roster, but they don't take a step back in their overall competitive level, and they still are playing really good games. I remember the, uh, I think it was the 2018 St. Louis Blues did it, and uh, they stayed very competitive uh, even after what they did was they, they didn't buy and they, 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 they let go a couple players. Nashville last year stayed competitive, and they were still rolling UC Soros out like it was no tomorrow so it all depends on on the circumstance but yeah I think that there's a little bit to that too if they do end up deciding to go a little younger or taking a slight step back maybe there there is less of the temptation to play Jacob into the ground yeah for sure and you're right I mean it is a model that's worked before so it's not it's not impossible by any means I have uh, two quick comments to make and then a question to ask you and I'll let you get on to other callers First comment is I I love watching Connor Zeri play hockey so much right now. He he's so fun to watch. 
And if he keeps this up, he's definitely going to be in the Calder conversation. And then two words for you, Sharankovich rules. Continue to love watching this guy play games, whether he's putting points up or not right now. He's always effective. Amazing on the penalty kill. And then here's a question for you, Patty. Mm -hmm. So what do you think of the Anaheim Ducks GM's approach to essentially using load management, if you will, regarding their top prospect, Leo Carlson, who, a shout-out to him, I hope he's okay. I had this question kind of planned to ask you before the game even started tonight, so it's it's kind of a coincidence that what happened happened. So, you know, best of health to him, and I hope he's okay. But do you think that this will be a method employed in the future by future GMs in the league? Because I know something that the NBA does. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, I Honestly, George, I have no idea. I really don't know if that's something that um, – because I think in, in Carlson's case, they, they I, I think it's something that if you've got players similar to Carlson who they, they feel like may be in a spot where um, could – be a little, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word, may, may, may have issues dealing with uh, an NHL physical workload in his first NHL season at the age of 18, I think that we, yeah, could see that from other teams. But it's not like they're doing it with Bedard in Chicago. It's not like they're doing it with other um, with other guys, right? So it's it's and it's not like you know they didn't do it with McDavid. They didn't. So it's not like it's not like this is happening all the time. It's a very unique case here with Carlson. I don't mind it. I've got no problem with them. It's your that's your most recent top pick. If you're gonna, I mean, if you if you wanna manage him the way you want to manage him, all the power to you. So I, if, if you're asking, like, I don't have a problem with it, that's for sure. Right. I just wonder, because to my knowledge, and I could be completely I've wrong. Never, I, I can't remember seeing it in the NHL either, if that's where you're going. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, to my knowledge, I've never seen it in the NHL before, so I find it very interesting. Most teams, if they feel like a prospect isn't ready, even if he's not physically ready, even though he has a skill, they usually send them to their, you know, to junior in the case if they come from the CHL or to Europe, so, and obviously you can't send them to the AHL because of the rules, which I honestly I think they should change. But that's another discussion for another time. Uh, but, I believe yeah, they could. I, they they could uh, send him to the AHL. I believe because Carlson, yes, that's right because he didn't come from major junior. Yeah, right? he's not a it's major junior anyway. guy. He came. He got uh, he got drafted out of the SHL, so he could go to the American League if they wanted to. Very true. Mm, it's interesting. Anyway, it was something interesting. I found that interesting the way they're handling them, but. Uh, yeah, man, it was good to talk to you. Um, if for any reason I don't speak to you after the next game, which I think I will, but if I don't, I do want to miss you Merry Christmas. And if we do speak again, I'll just double it up. So Okay, there's nothing night. wrong with doubling up uh, Merry Christmas. You as well, George. Good to hear from you, man. Take care, my brand. Got a few lines open if you want to chime in. Text, lines jam- text line is jammed, but a uh, little thin on the phone line. So if you want to chat tonight, give us a call at 403-240-4444 following a Flames 3-0 win in Anaheim. Brad is up next. What's up, Brad? Sorry, not Brad. Brian. Brian is up next. I don't know why I said Brad. Hi, Brian. 30-second penalty. Yep. Just kidding. Hey, how's it going? Um, Brad would be cooler, man. I, I oh, this is Ryan. It said Brian <laughs> on my screen. It's Ryan. I a new shorty tonight, but I didn't get a new shorty tonight, but I was so close. It was like college. It's been amazing lately. This is uh- Azam, this is Ryan, not Brian. Um, I, I recognize the voice. Yeah, oh, another 30 second. No, that's, that's only one letter off. 20 second penalty. Just kidding. What's on your hey, mind tonight, yeah, friend? Oh, just the usual, like, I'm going off script. I didn't take notes this time because you really don't make me anxious anymore. Oh, that's uh, good. But, 
Yeah, it's bad as a Klonopin. Um, either way, uh, I think that um, I think you retain the fact that we shouldn't do anything with Noah other than sign him for many, many moons. That, that I stand firm on that. I know I've, I've listened to your ongoing, you know, appreciation, but uh, candid dismissal or, you know. No, no, it's not a dismissal. I just, that's I, not what I would do. Over months and months of podcasting, I think I picked up on a trend, but perhaps it's, it's that bias that we speak of. That lens I'm looking through. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like I don't dismiss. I just think right now with where the Flames are, um, the potential to move players for big returns is more valuable than re-signing them. And 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 that to me is because we're talking about a team that I think is good but not great. Ryan, just let me finish the sentence and then you get all the time to talk. Um, I had such a good interruption. Okay, go ahead. I just think that. This is a good but not great team, and I think by making some smart, savvy moves, they can put themselves in a spot where maybe they are a great team in the not-so-distant future. Personally, I'd like this team to to be great. I'd like to see this team be in a, a chance where you know you feel like they're not just going to sneak into a wild card spot and maybe push a team to six i'd like to see i'd like to go into a season expecting them to be a final four team or expecting them to fight for first in the division that's that's what i would like to see and so i just think the opportunity with these ufas is is really too hard to pass up that doesn't mean that has to be the opinions that's that's shared by everybody though and that's why we do was i suggesting that that you think that should be the all done and be all. I was just saying that you believe what you just stated. And I, I know that I'm just saying I'm one of the people that disagrees, at least regarding Noah. But I do remember calling the day Tanavin, or sorry, Christopher, Tanav got hit in the face and saying that his injury potential was the only reason he would, would be the USA. I would not sign. And that was like kind of bad timing. But fortunately, he did soon become injured. But the point is, the reason I was interrupting you so rudely is didn't want this to sound like some syndicated rerun because you gave me the same speech that is very well thought out last time I can't call that skating for Hanson, but we were four games under 500 and just a week and a half later, uh, now we're at 500. So if that trend were to progress in that gauntlet that I described and you know well is over, um, I don't, I haven't looked at the schedule to see if, uh, I don't know, LA or, other teams that are ahead of us. I thing. just don't think, Ryan, like, oh, sorry, I interrupted you. Finish your thought. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely you didn't. I was struggling to think of teams in the Pacific Division ahead of us, like moron, but does Vegas go on? Do they hit a stretch that, that deadly? I mean, they're not catching Vegas, so it doesn't matter. I don't, they're, they're 40 points, right, for the Kings. Have you looked at where the Kings get their points? 13 and 1 on the road. I don't. Wait, are you are you really? We're now suggesting the Flames are going to win the division because they're at the five hundred. Right? Come on. Playoffs in a non wild card slot. I love your optimism. I just I, I I think it's maybe a little soon to be talking about the Flames winning the Pacific Division. I think the wild card talk is adorable, and I think I will stand on my lofty um, position. I do think it's very possible. Remember how awful the beginning was? To even get out of that, you have to be playing better than the vast majority of teams. In the entire league. So. I mean, they just they just like they just finished losing six of seven. So like I'm and I'm not suggesting that that means that they won't win more than they lose down the stretch. All I'm saying is that versus what teams and how many inches or centimeters would those have been when 
and their goal, number one goalie was out. So, Ryan, what is your point, up. man? You're you're driving me crazy tonight. What is what is your point? That I think things look good. Okay, so what do you want and them I'm to do? For, I'm, I, what do I want them to do? So you want them to Sign resign Noah? Noah. That's it. So they but if they so that wouldn't you want them to re-sign Lindholm and Tanev too? No, I don't. I don't do not. But I I would like to compliment Elias on that goal tonight on the break. We haven't seen much like that with Sharon Gilvich. So okay, and this is not me. This is not me trying to troll. Do you think that they can win the division by trading Lindholm and Tanev? I didn't say win the division. I said finish third. Okay. Do you think they can be a playoff team? With trading Lindholm without without Elias Lindholm, absolutely. That means passing up Nashville, Arizona, on and on, L.A., who is uh, has a losing record at home. All right, uh, fair enough, man. I, I hey, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. And I, I, don't... I, I I tried to make this a good call because I was looking at like who's second in the monarchy to for Sweden because we have King Henrik, and you know. There's Lundqvist, and uh, I was just thinking, like, what could be the name for Markstrom? But Prince, it doesn't work in English or Swedish. But Marky is – congratulations, man. That's all. Oh, and Regis almost scored. Good for him. Yes. That. Is that it for Ryan? <laughs> I don't know where Ryan is going with most of his calls. So I'm like, okay, so where are we going next? And then he, anyway, I love you, Ryan. Uh, let's say hello to Kevin on the phone lines tonight. What's going on, Kevin? Hey, Pat, how are you? Good, man, how are you? Uh, good, thanks. I'll try to stay out of fairy tale land and just have some uh, questions there. But, uh, you know, we, we've seen uh, Dunclair not San Jose, do you think there's an opportunity for the Flames to do to uh, reunite them with uh, with Huberto and potentially put uh, Prosvisol on that line with those those three? Um, that's I guess that's one of my first questions. Like the type of players that Huberto was playing with in Florida that he was succeeding with, mm-hmm. there there we don't have those type of players here. Like we have great you know soul players. I feel that you know they. People mesh with different people. Different, different styles mesh with different people, and um, it's just not meshing for him. And, and he's trying hard; like you can see it. But um, you know, they're going to have to make some changes. And I'm just wondering, where do you feel some of those changes are going to be for him? Because I really like Uberman. Well, I mean, so so first of all, on the first question, like I don't think it is out of the question that they could do that at some point. I, I've been of the opinion, and this is just me, but I've been of the opinion that I, I think it makes sense because Jonathan's not going anywhere. I think it makes sense to wait. Like, I wouldn't be giving up an asset to acquire a guy like Anthony Duclair um, yeah. myself. What I would do is is wait till the offseason where he's going to be an unrestricted free agent and see if you could think about going about uh, bringing him in in that way. Um, but I, 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 I totally understand the line of thinking from a lot of people who've said, you know, why not think about this guy? Because 
he did work with Huberdeau, and they, they've got to make Huberdeau work. So I, I think that is a fair way of looking at things. And this was a, a Wes Gilbertson point um, earlier on Thursday. He said, you know, the way that his point was, why not give it a try again with Nazem Kadri, but this time try Huberdo on a line with Kadri and Zeri. I, I think that you'd be okay putting Kadri, sorry, putting Zeri maybe on the right side of that of that line and trying Huberdo there. And I know that people are loath, and I even understand why people are loath to see Kadri and Huberdo play together again because it has not been yeah. a match made in heaven when they've played together before. But Wes's point, and, and I agree, and, and I think there's something to it, is that Kadri's playing the best he's played since joining the Flames. Uh, he's been their yeah. best player since the beginning of November. Him and Zeri have got a real cool thing going on. So I, I just think there's lots of reason to maybe give Kadri and Huberdo another opportunity. You add in the dynamic nature that we're seeing from Connor Zeri, who the hell knows? Maybe it works. Maybe that can be something that, that does work for the group and we see a little chemistry built there. And so that's something that I would also think about doing because it gives the way Kadri's playing, he's been really dynamic. And the way Zeri's playing, he's been extremely dynamic. And to your point, that's very true what you say, that there's a certain type of player that, that seemed to work with Jonathan, and part of that is being a pretty dynamic offensive guy. So that's another thing that if, if you know the Duclair thing doesn't happen or isn't something the Flames are interested in or whatever, that they could also think about trying. Yeah, it, it's really interesting to, you know, I, I could never do the GM's job because you're trying to match personalities and skill sets and everything together. And it's, you know, like look at the NHL this year uh, and last year, like, People that normally score, Ovechkin, and they're they're not scoring. Like yeah. there's 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 a switch out there. So it's not just one player that's not doing well, and and it's not easy for these players when they hear uh, everybody, uh, you know, bad mouthing and that. And I can understand because we've invested in these players and everything else. But there's effort, and where there's effort, I give a lot of leeway to the effort. So, you know, a lot of things are in their control, but there is also a lot of things that aren't. Um, on to my, my, uh, my next question is, I, I really, you know, I really appreciate, appreciate what Lindholm and, and Hannafin have done for the team. Um, but they're really increasing their, their value on the market right now. Like, they're playing really well. Um, I, I would love to see them stay with the team, but I think we're honestly going in a direction that, some pieces just aren't fitting with the the team's design, and they need to find different assets to to move in order to plug some of those pieces that they need. We we need to get um, a top scorer back into the organization. How do we do that? So, um, you know, my hats off to Conroy to find those solutions. But where I know we've talked about the Hannafin and and the the trade aspects to death from all the way across. I just hope they keep on playing well, they stay healthy, um, and it all works out for both the players and the team on what the return is and how well they do. But that's all I basically had to say there, Pat. So thank you very much. Have a very Merry Christmas, and uh, go Flames, go. Thanks, Kevin. Good stuff, man. You have yourself a great night.
Thank you. Bye now. You as well. Uh, phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 as the Flames take a 3 nothing win on the road in Anaheim. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk postgame show on a Thursday night. Let's say hello to Parsons. What's up, Pars? Hey, brother. How are you doing tonight? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing good. I can't remember the last time we got a shutout. Uh, it was uh, March of last year. Wow, long time, man. Well, I mean, actually, not that long. It was probably uh, about forty games ago, ish. Uh, it's still a while, but yeah, it's it seems like a long time. I don't know why, but it just does. well, I'll yeah. I'll tell you why it probably does because that was the only one they had last year, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a hell of a performance from Markstrom. He was out of his mind against Minnesota in a shootout win. Um, so that was March of last year was the first shutout they had last season, and then this is the first one this season. So at least it's not versus, March. <laughs> yeah. Well, versus the previous season before that where he was up to like nine. He probably had 15 by this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, good on him. It was a good tight game tonight. Uh, everyone pulled their weight, and um, everyone looked to be on the same page, so that was nice. And Sharky looked good again. Same with Coleman and um, I thought Markstrom looked outstanding. Um, I got a question because uh, someone was bringing, or I think you brought it up. If uh, you know, if you have to have the sit down talk with him. The only, and just I, just for the record, the only reason I brought that up, you're talking about the the potential of of moving Jacob. The only reason yeah, I brought that up is because it was asked in a text. So that that's why that's why it was that's why we were talking about the potential yeah. of uh, moving. Maybe the Flames moving on from Jacob Markstrom yeah. or using him as a trade chip that's that's where it comes from yeah no i i get the background on it um i'm just actually kind of curious to know what his answer would actually be though like uh, i'm not sure if he's one of those guys who you know wants to go out and chase the brass ring like may, maybe he's i believe i believe that the only thing that drives him is winning mm-hmm. so and i think that he wants to win a championship like i, I think that is the number one driving force of, of what gets Jacob up in the morning. Okay. The, the question okay. is, though, and like that to me is not a question. The question is as to what he feels the Flames can be for the rest of his contract. And, and that, so that, that is why I think it's such an interesting conversation. I, I think that you owe it to Jacob. I think Jacob owes it to the team to answer honestly. Um, and I just think Overall, the team owes it to themselves to know exactly what that situation looks like if indeed, look, if they go and re-sign Lindholm, Tanev, and Hannafin and they try to run it back like with this group, well, then there's no question. That there's no there's no debate. Markstrom's a part of it. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation uh, to think about because, like, to think about it through his optics, you know, he's looking at some of these young guys coming up and stuff, and maybe he might think that might be kind of fun to be part of too, right? Um, even though they're not winning a cup here in the next few years, but um, that's an interesting conversation. I, I and I and Pars, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to poo-poo anything you're saying. I just would be stunned if Jacob mm-hmm. would be okay if if the if what they decide to do is something reminiscent of a rebuild where it might mean that they are less competitive for a little while, I would be stunned if, if Jacob was like, yeah, sign me up for that. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, some guys, yeah, uh, he's a competitor for sure. So you got that on the, um, yeah, the USA's man, I'm on your side. Um, let's, let's, let's move them. You know, I'm, I'm also on. Well, there's, uh, there's no real side that, uh, that you're on. I mean, Ryan really wants to sign, re-sign Hannafin. I have, there's, I think that there's like, I don't think that's a, flawed line of thinking. I really don't. I think it's a dilemma because, I mean, again, there has to be a deal that makes sense and there has to be, you know, Noah has to want to re-sign and all those types of things. But, like, on the surface, it makes plenty of sense to re-sign Noah if he wants to re-sign because we're talking about a guy who's 26, 27 years old and is a minute-munching defenseman who's playing the best hockey of his career. So, like, there's reasons... To, like you don't have to squint to be like they should re-sign him. It just comes down to me to the you know kind of cost-benefit analysis and where you're going to get yeah. the most value. And so currently on December 21st, I lean towards a trade being the area that you get the most value. That doesn't mean that mm-hmm. on January 21st that could be different for me. Um, yeah. But I just think based on what I think I know this team is and based on the unique situation they're in with these guys all being unsigned, I, I just I, I, I think trading is the area that you get the most value. But that doesn't mean that, you know, Ryan yeah. is full on wrong or that like I, I don't even like the only reason I got a little snippy with him, he's like, well, you dismiss it. I don't dismiss it. I think that there is plenty of reason to re-sign Noah Hannafin if he wants to re-sign. I just think there's more benefit in trading him as it stands right mm. now. Well, especially since he's playing some of the best hockey of his career right now. Like, I, I kind of look at this UFA situation as an opportunity for the team. Um, you know, we we have to kind of gear up for the arena, you know, in three, four years. I'm not sure exactly the timeline of that, but it would be good if this team kind of streamlined its decision-making process towards that um, to have, uh, you know, time to build the the way that they want to, to be competitive. So by the time that those doors open, Mm -hmm. you know, people want to pay tickets to go and see the product on the ice. So, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm definitely not opposed to moving some of the secondary core either, like the non Japanese, the Dubais, that sort of thing too. Like, you know, it's, um, I'm, I'm definitely open to that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I just think we need to gear up for that arena, buddy, um, and uh, kind of go from there. This is an opportunity for this team to do something even remotely similar to like a rebuild. So I, I'd like to see it happen. I think we're all tired of being the middling team and getting middle draft picks. Uh, we got the odd few, uh, you know, in the top 10 in recent years, but one of them's not here anymore. Well, <laughs> didn't didn't want to be here, but... Um, yeah, so um, other than that, the Duclair thing, I'll just end on this. Uh, I've talked to you about it a few times. Um, I don't know how heavy I am on that anymore. He's not really having a great season. And um, mm-hmm. he's, I think he was scratched again. 
if I heard correctly. I and, actually didn't uh, check if to whether or not he played tonight uh, in San Jose. Uh, let me just quickly go check to see if he was indeed in the lineup. Because uh, he was healthy scratched. San Jose lost 5-2 to Arizona. And mm-hmm. and and I don't know why NHL.com is loading so slowly tonight. Um, so was he in tonight? Was Duclair in tonight? I don't even see him on the game. Yeah, he did play tonight. So Duclair okay, was, yeah. was in tonight. Yeah, okay. But uh, my swings on this now is I'm 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 kind of lowering my offer to like a Razichka because I don't see Razichka being part of this team moving forward. I just I feel like his time is running out and maybe it's good for just a swap. It's not like we're losing a ton of assets here. It's just uh you know it's like a hail mary at this point. Um, that's what I would do if I was the Flames. I'd make an offer for something like that. And I think Rosie would probably enjoy a, you know, a fresh setting. I, I don't know what his ceiling is, but... Um, I'd, still, I'd st- I still wouldn't, man. I, I, I would still I see if you could um, flip Rizicka for something else if you wanted to go down that road. And I, I really... I, yeah, I wouldn't be giving up assets, any type of asset for a guy like Duclair right now. I, I still, and this, again, this is just me, so I'm not but saying you're you wrong, but I would still Rosie's wait worth, until though? the off season and try to get him in free agency. Yeah, but what do you think Rosie's worth? I don't know, but he's still a controllable team asset who's a big center iceman that I think, that I know there are teams that are uh, that are interested in him. Okay. I'm thinking like a six, but... Yeah, all right, buddy. Yeah, but a sixth is still better than nothing, if that were to be the case. Well, I'd rather have Duclair and then just half try him with Huberto for a half season to see if you even want to sign the guy next year, right? Yeah, maybe. Again, like that's not what I would do, but Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's uh, like I don't think it's the dumb. I don't think it's dumb or anything like that. And I did you buy me anything for Christmas? Um. Yeah, I bought you. Uh, I bought you better takes for 2024. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh snap! <laughs> just kidding. You know we always like you on the show. All right, brother. You have a good night. Okay. Uh, good to hear from you, Pars. Be well, hey. You too, sir. Pars knows I'm just kidding. I'm just playfully ribbing. Anand is up next, following a three nothing win in Anaheim. What's up, Anand? Good evening, buddy. How are you? I'm okay, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm on the C train right now, heading after a Christmas work party. I'm heading home right now. Yeah, so the game uh, while I was at Cactus Club, uh, amazing, fantastic game. A few congratulations to pass along to begin with. Uh, congratulations to Nick DeSimone for his first NHL goal. Uh, congrats to Marky for his 200th win, and as well as shutout for tonight's game. And then, yeah, our players, especially AJ Gray, continue to shine and perform. I would only maybe have one complaint uh, going into uh, or staying away from tonight's game is Huberto probably, uh, especially I think he got one opportunity to actually shoot the puck uh, when he had an open net, I think in the second period or something, uh, where he didn't use that opportunity. But uh, I think he got six shots or something on goal tonight, right? 
Yeah, actually, I, I hadn't. I, I actually thought Jonathan played pretty well. I know he passed up on that uh, that one opportunity on the power play, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I actually, I, I, I thought Jonathan was actually pretty good. I, that was one of his better games of late. So you know, we, especially with this player, um, he, sometimes you got to be okay with um, little baby steps. So I thought that was, this was a small step forward from Huberdeau tonight. Alright, one question for you, Pat. I have maybe not asked this before, but uh, we are into like 33 games into the, into the season. How do you think defense management is performing so far? Maybe that's only with one with one question there. How do I think the Flames management is performing so far? Yeah. I, I'm fine with it. I think that Craig Conroy's done a pretty good job so far in a few, in a few different ways. I think that yeah. I, I personally think that his approach in in handling all of these UFAs uh, has been pretty smart. His patience, I think, is really important. That patience allows him to, uh, you know, not get, um, you know, not get pushed around on. Um, trading away certain players he said no we've got a price on certain guys and and we're going to stick to it i think that's an important thing to do when you've got as many pending unrestricted free agents as the flames do uh so i think that's been strong i think that i i know that others disagree but i've had no problems with the returns he's gotten on the two trades he's made um sharon govich has has really turned into a nice find for him um you know yeah. I, I really don't mind the zadorov return when it's all said and done um so yeah I, I think so far like we have yet to see the big big decisions made which will really start to shape i think our opinion on management I've been pretty okay with it. Others have not liked it, and that's, that's what we do. That's how why we do things. That's why we have opinions. That's why we have these shows. But so far, I've I've been just fine with with management. Yeah, I agree with you, but especially with the Sharon Govich and AJ Greer. Uh, yeah, I didn't even mention Greer, right? He's been he's yeah. been a nice find too. Yeah, those two picks uh, having it. Already, yeah, but uh, thanks so much. Yeah, let's keep up the win streak, and we have one more road trip. Uh, if I don't talk again to you on Saturday, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Anna, and Happy Holidays to you as well. Good to hear from you, buddy. Yeah, good to hear from you. Uh, and get home safe. We have got clear phone lines on a Thursday night, and it's now as we're talking, as we're uh, doing this live, it is now officially Friday morning. If you would like to chime in on the phone lines, last call for phone calls at 403-240-4444. If you want to talk tonight, you won't get a busy signal. 403-240-4444. Um, you don't have to. There's no obligation. But if you want to chime in and chat, we still have time for you on the phone lines. Text line remains wide open as well. Lots more text to get to. Text line's been humming on this Thursday night. Flames win 3-0 over the Anaheim Ducks. Make it three consecutive wins for Calgary after uh, this 3 nothing win this evening. Um, let's go back inside the Flames locker room. Elias Lindholm, goal and an assist, was named the number one star in Anaheim tonight. Let's hear from Elias post-game following a 3 nothing win over the Ducks. 
Start with uh, the victory, obviously, um, you know, significant one more in that in a minute, but just uh, how you guys finished this one off here tonight. Yeah, I thought the last two pairs we played uh, pretty good, uh, controlled the game, and obviously the first was uh, back and forth, and, and uh, you know, Marky was uh, unbelievable in that as, uh, as usual. So, uh, yeah, it was a big win for us. Um, overall, it was a pretty good game for, from our side, so that's something from uh, to build on. You mentioned him right there. Uh, what does it mean for uh, you know the group to get this one done for him uh, on a night like tonight, but also that shutout as well? No, I mean uh, obviously it's been been unbelievable for us uh, all season, and, and uh, you know for him to get the shutout and for, for the team to you know um, get it as well. It's uh, it's good for for everyone's confidence. So uh, you know a big win for, from 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 our side. Just the third Swedish goalie to hit 200 wins. I don't know, you know just the significance of a milestone like that for uh, for a good friend of yours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's a lot of wins, and and you know he's uh, he's uh, still got a lot of years left in in, uh, in the tank. So uh, there will be hopefully many more to come. Uh, what about uh, you know back to 500? Obviously, one game off before the break. It seems like you guys put yourself in a really good position here to continue this momentum that you, that you built. Yeah, yeah. We played some good hockey lately. Um, you know, um, obviously when I. Uh, you know, um, come down here and, and you know um, play some good hockey and, and hopefully um, end the break uh, or before the break uh, be in a good spot and, and uh, you know be above or be 500. And right now we're 500, so hopefully we can you know put a good game in LA and, and, and be be better than 500. Are you thinking about picking up some more Pacific Division points through your next couple of games? You've got four more points, make a playoff run. Yeah, I mean every division game is huge. Um, Obviously, right now we're, we're a little behind uh, the top three there, but uh, you know, um, just uh, look at one game at a time, and, and uh, you know, um, next game is LA. It's going to be big, and then after Christmas we go uh, we go again. So uh, um, just got to take one one game at a time and, and uh, go from there. There you go. That is Elias Lindholm post game in Anaheim, where the Flames take a three nothing win over the Ducks. Nineteenth uh, career shutout and two hundredth career win for Jacob Markstrom. You heard him talking to Brendan Parker about that post game in Anaheim this evening. Let's get to tonight's player with heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. Mick, Megan Mickelson also already named uh, Jacob Markstrom as the hardest working flame. I'm uh, I'm going to maybe make Robert angry if Robert's listening. I'm going Jonathan Huberdeau as tonight's player with heart. I thought Jonathan had a uh, spirited game tonight. Um, he led the team in a lot of different categories this evening. Led the team with six shots. Led the team with 1.07 expected goals. Led the team with eight shot attempts. Led the team with five scoring chances and was second on the team with four individual high danger scoring chances. I thought it was a good game for Jonathan Huberdeau. I know he doesn't get a point, and I know the pointless and goalless drought gets extended, but I look, the way things are going with Jonathan right now, baby steps are important, and um, it's, it's going to take some time for him to get to a better level, and I thought tonight was a good game, and now the key for him not having them once in a while. you got to build on them, string a bunch together. But I thought Jonathan was strong this evening. I'm going to go Jonathan Huberdeau as tonight's player with heart. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office. Visit HeartFit.com.
Ca as the Flames uh, take a three nothing win on the road in Anaheim tonight, making three straight wins, three zero and two in their last five. One more game before their little holiday break when they take on the LA Kings on Saturday. Tonight's game has been brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. Time to look ahead. Looking ahead is brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. The Flames uh, take on the LA Kings on Saturday night. That's an 8 o'clock face-off. It's on Sportsnet and CBC on the second half of the Hockey Night in Canada doubleheader. And uh, Flames went 2-1-1 one, one against L.A. last year. Won both games at the Saddledome. Lost both games at Crypto.com Arena. So... 2-1-1. Uh, and one. They lost an overtime game and a regulation game in L.A. Overall, Calgary has dominated this head-to-head matchup in recent years, though. Dating back to the 2017-18 season, the Flames 9-2-3 in their last 14 head-to-head games with the L.A. Kings. So that's next up. It's L.A. on Saturday, then a little holiday break, and then they're back on home ice Wednesday to take on the Seattle Kraken for a 7-30 face-off. That is looking ahead tonight brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system to learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer visit oncolyticsbiotech.com okay let's get to the text line for the final time tonight uh what do we got here uh this from Eduardo who says um Pat, I'm back in Calgary uh, for Christmas and New Year's and glad that I don't have to be up until past 2 a.m. to text. Question for you. Do you think Lindholm's performance um, is slumping because of Johnny not being his line mate and vice versa? If I don't get the message in again, have a Merry Christmas and a great New Year. That comes from Eduardo. I do think that certainly um, losing Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk as his line mates have hurt Elias's overall offense. I don't think he's a 40-goal guy, but I do think he is a 25-30 to 30 goal guy in most years and can get you 70 to 75 points in most years. Uh, the way that he plays the two-way game, the defensive impacts that he has... Um, that that is where his value is is really high. So, um, I but yes, offensively, there's no question that Elias misses Tyler Toffoli from last year and misses Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk from two years ago. Um, and and you know a, a lot of Elias's time, in fact, basically his entire time as a member of the Flames, he's had Johnny Gaudreau on his wing in some form or another, whether he was playing the right side with Monaghan and Gaudreau or whether he was playing down the middle with Kachuk and Gaudreau. So, yes, absolutely I do. Um, So this reads, uh, what else we got here on the text line at 960-960? Brian says, do you guys think it's going to come to the 11th hour when the Flames are still mediocre at the trade deadline? Do they do one trade and try to go for it or lose everyone for nothing or pull the shoot and sell? Well, I, I, if guys aren't signed, if there are pending unrestricted free agents with last names Tanev, Hannafin, or Lindholm at the trade deadline, I am very confident they will get traded. I don't think that they're going to go past March 8th with these guys on the roster if they're unsigned. That's not to say that they couldn't sign these guys in the next two and a half months, 
But if they're not signed by late February, early March, I am very confident they will get traded. I, I really do. I really am. Uh, Brenton Strathmore says, love the way the Flames are playing and management's working things properly, slow and steady. Any thoughts on one or two of their pending free agents heading to Chicago to help Bedard? The Hawks have a plethora of draft picks in the next few years. Uh, Love the show. Merry Christmas. Well, the problem is, if Chicago is going to make a deal like that, they're not bringing in a rental. The Blackhawks are not going to bring a rental in. They're going to bring in somebody that they feel can grow with them. And I just don't know if either Noah Hannafin or Elias Lindholm at this stage in their career would be super keen on re-signing with a rebuilding Blackhawks team. So that would be my only rebuttal to the Blackhawks being one of the teams that would be interested in in some of these guys. Uh, this reads, great game tonight. Missed a lot of it, but I caught the highlights in D. Simone's first. I think it's his night tonight, and he deserves to revel in it. I've said for several seasons, and I'll just reiterate, Markstrom showed his resilience again tonight. I value consistency over roller coaster up and down, ups and downs, and Marky has been the base of this team. He's shown, uh, shown up day in and day out and given the team a chance to win when they really didn't deserve it. Him staying or going, I personally feel that'll be entirely up to him and what he wants for the future. He's earned it. And for the first time I can recall, goaltending isn't a problem the Flames have. I'm watching the fruits of a team starting to gel and be confident, not just in their game, but in each other. The harder they work, the more wins will keep coming. This comes from Gary and Eckville. Eckville, I'm actually an Oilers fan, but I enjoy following the Flames too. Uh, with your entertaining shows. Ideally, both teams make the playoffs and meet in the later rounds. Um, Well, um, that would be quite the feat if both the Oilers and Flames met in the playoffs, let alone both made the playoffs, seeing as how both are non-playoff teams as it stands right now. Uh, the Oilers and Flames, uh, the the Flames are at 500. The Oilers are a game below 500 after they won on Thursday night. That would be quite the feat if that were to happen. Um, what else we got here at 960, 960? Uh, this says... Sorry, there's a lot of text to go through. Uh, Pat, any status on uh, update on Shillington and Pelche? Well, I think Pelche will be starting to skate with the team in the new year. Some point in January wouldn't be a surprise if that starts to happen and then maybe can return sometime in January. As for Shillington, no, no update, no timeline. He is... Working his way back. He's skating at team facilities. He's been around the team a little bit more, but still no timeline on a return for Oliver Shillington. Um, This says, great win by the boys. Happy to see the power play get a point. It looked good tonight on several occasions. I do still think with 40-plus shots, they need to be able to put away more than two. Uh, Dostal played great, of course, but I think shooting accuracy needs to be top of mind in practice. That comes from Scotty and Victoria. This reads, I'm a survivor of the young guns days and just want to say that just because the team gets younger, it doesn't guarantee the team will actually get better and not just keep being a mediocre team for eternity. Thanks for letting me share my two cents. That comes from Jerry in Vancouver Island. P.S. Please say no to young guns mock two. And Jerry, I don't think that it's ever going to be a young gun scenario where they're that bad. I just think that the situation they're in to trade away some pending UFAs is pragmatic 
and opens the door for some young players in the organization, opens the door to bring in some young players from other teams, doesn't mean that you go completely into the tank like they were in the late 1990s as the actual young guns. We all lived through that, and it was horrible. That's not what I think is going to happen here. Um, And so I understand Jerry's reticence to do that. Uh, This says L.A. game could be a huge turning point if they win. Pivotal. Um, Maybe. I mean, I I just I feel like the Flames are in the murky Western Conference middle and they're going to beat good teams once in a while. They're going to lose to good teams and they're going to beat bad teams like and, and, and if I'm wrong and all of a sudden the Flames end up being a team that is fighting for top spot in the division come January or February, I'll be the first to say I didn't see it coming because I would not see that coming. I think the Flames are a somewhat, I think they're a middle-of-the-road team that are playing some inspired competitive hockey right now. Um, if they beat L.A., do I think it's a turning point in their season? Not particularly. I think it would be a quality win, though, if they beat L.A., but that's not if I'm wrong on that, I'd be the first to say I'm wrong on that. Um, what else we got here? Nice to watch the Flames win a workmanlike game. Winning the puck paddles is winning ugly. The Flames are building an identity with youth and veterans who want to be here. I like Zary on the point in the power play. I'd like to see the Flames pull a trigger on a power play specialist. Um, this from Ian. Pat, what was the Flames record back in Johnny's rookie season heading into L.A. for that comeback win at Christmas? Good or bad, I'm getting some good vibes. Uh, that v- record that year, I'm just going to quickly go pull it up for you. Um, they had lost, uh, I believe, eight straights uh, when that happened. Um, and uh, they were, at that time, on December 22nd, they were 17-15-3 and three after a loss to Vancouver two nights prior in overtime. So they were, um, what, four points? Yeah, about four points. Two wins better than they are right now, or they, they were three games above 500, two games above 500 at that time. So 17-15-3 and three was their record before that comeback win in L.A., which pushed them to 18-15-3. So if the Flames were to win in L.A. on Saturday, they'd be a game above 500. That night, they were three games above 500. Um, and there you go. That's the text line tonight. Great stuff at 96960. Uh, appreciate it as always. This says, Patty, sounds like you need a whiskey and honey. Maybe both. Um, not a big honey guy. The uh, yeah, the throat gets a little scratchy on these long days in the wintertime. Uh, by the end of a, a long 15-hour day, the, the vice does start to get a little... I push it a little bit hard sometimes, so that's all you're hearing right now. I apologize for the scratchiness. One more call before we wrap things up on our Flames Talk post-game show tonight. It's Brad. What's going on, Brad? How you doing, man? I'm good. What's happening? Not too much. Just uh, give a shout-out to Mick and Scotty. Uh, Mick, uh, Mick gave my daughter the gold medals at the... Oh, I don't know even was probably 2014-15 provincial PBAA. Oh, nice. Um, my daughter was the only girl in the whole room and called her. She was a keynote speaker, called her up to the front, put her, put the gold medals on her, and it was a life-changing moment for her. That's cool. And now she plays at the U of A for the Pandas. Really? 
You bet. That's neat. That's super cool. Does uh does yep. uh does Mick know that? Oh, 100%. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know it's I lived in Grand Prairie for uh, a lot of years and got to know Scotty pretty good and yep. Neat. Neat. Yep, pretty cool. So, uh, one question for you. What do you think about moving Dubé and Monge? Um, I mean, I, I can understand the, uh, I can understand the reasoning. Um, I, I think it's something that they could look at doing at some point. Um, th- those, you know, if they were to do that, especially on the Mangiapane front, I, I think that, I mean, but even on, on the Dubé front, if they were to look at doing that, I even wonder if they could be part of other deals with bigger names. Um, or, like, if I were to move Manjapani, maybe I'd be thinking about uh, a hockey trade, right? Like, at that one, maybe I'm not looking to just get picks and prospects. Maybe I'm looking for another kind of mid-20s forward, something like that. I don't know. Um, so I, I can understand it. Um, they would not be at the top of my list to guys that I'd be moving right now. Um Mainly because well, I, I think the UFAs are the guys that you need to be focused on. But I, I'm not like I'm not fully against it or anything. I don't think honestly think right now, be. man. I, outside of the because of the way Zary's playing, some of the other prospects, I, I don't think there's anything untouchable on this roster right now. No, and I well, I think they could be supplemental pieces of a deal for sure. Yeah, but I mean, you got Klapka sitting there. I mean, the guy's a giant and he can skate. Yep. Right, like, can he can he do the same thing that those two are doing on the ice right now? I think he probably can. Yeah, and I mean, I I, I don't know. Um, that's that's I I get the like I I understand the sentiment because it's been a really frustrating year for uh, both of those players, more so for Dylan than it has been for for Andrew. But still, it's been a a frustrating year. For, for both guys for sure so um yeah I, I understand the i understand the sentiment yeah you know i think uh you know with what they're getting out of sharon govich and you know like i mean it's moved dube way down in the lineup and you know i don't know if that you know i think a fresh start and something else for him might really be a good thing you know i i really don't think he's a fourth liner and you know, he's, he's got the speed. He's got, you know, he can get the shot off. Like, I think there's – I don't think we're getting everything we need out of him right now. The only thing I would say about Dylan is that he, he – like, we are talking about a guy who popped 45 points last year. So, mm-hmm. I know he's having a down year, and I know the points aren't coming. I just wouldn't be eager to, like – just completely get rid of him and give him away for nothing. Like, I, I think that there is more there than what we're seeing right now. But you don't think there's any value for him for other teams? Like, I, I do think that – I just think he's kind of pigeonholed right now. And Could be. And, and I like, again, depending on what that type of – like, what type of deal or, or what the deal would look like, I again, like, I don't think there's anything untouchable here. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. It's – uh you know, I, you can't complain about the battle these guys have put out. And, you know, you know that road trip could have easily been, you know, they could easily come back with four or six for sure. And maybe, maybe all of it. Yeah, they played well on that trip for sure. Yeah, like they deserved a better fate, 100%. Yeah. 
but I mean, you know, probably if Marky's in the net, you know, I love Wolf and love what he brings to the table, but and Vladar too. But I mean, you know, if Marky puts in a performance like he has the last two, I think they win them all. Yeah, it could be. I mean, definitely having your number one in some of those games, or or having your uh, one of your best defensemen in in Chris Tanev. I, I I think that you could have been talking about different results. I mean, it's kind of the that's that's part of being in the NHL. There's going to be nights where you don't get rewarded and you played a really good game, and then there's going to be nights like. I didn't think they were particularly good against Florida, for instance, and and they they got a great goaltending performance from Markstrom, and and were able to find a way to win. So, um, yeah, I, I but I I'm I'm with you. They played really well on that road trip, and definitely did not get rewarded for how well they played uh, anywhere near enough. Yep, happens to me in beer league all the time. <laughs> no, no, I don't believe you. You're all you're always you always get rewarded. Hey. And then one other thing, uh, shout out for the world's longest hockey game here. I played in the last one, and uh, oh, nice! The, bo- the boys are gearing up for it again. So, you know, let's make sure people come out and show up, and you know, get some money donated to it. And when uh, you know, when is it this year? Uh, April this year. Yep. Okay. Uh, we'll call later. back and call back, and we can give it a little bit more love, a little bit closer on to into the new year. Oh yeah, for sure. Halat will be Halat will be all over it for sure. Yeah, tell tell <laughs> tell Halat to to give us a call for sure. Uh, okay, Brad, you have yourself a great night, right, hey. Man. You take care, man. Thanks, man. Uh, and uh, we will take one more call because he was on hold, then he dropped, so he called back. Let's say hello to Sean on our Flames Talk post game. What's up, Sean? Hey, Patty. How are you tonight? I'm good, man. How are you? Not so bad. So, what is Shillington's contract? Is he an RFA or UFA or anything like that at the end of the season? Yes, he is UFA at the end of the season. So, this is where the question lies. Would it not be beneficial to lock in somebody like Tanev to – it's not only bolster the defense, but to – it's your safety net for all those guys possibly coming up. I am in the uh, party of trade Hannafin, mm-hmm. trade Lindholm, get as much as you can, whatever that may be. I'm not going to speculate on what that may be because, well, both of them have to not necessarily do better. I mean, Hannafin's done great. But Lindholm, eh, he's done good tonight with a great game, but not entirely. <laughs> uh, on a season aspect, not great. Right. So do you get rid of those two UFAs and trade up, keep Tanev to bolster your defense? Shillington is your variable that, if if he's back, I mean, I, I, I love him as a defenseman. I would love to see him next to Tanev. I think he, well, we all know he's done really well next to him. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, and I, I do, um, I, I do think there's a chance that Shillington is on the flames beyond this season. I do know, for instance, that there's um, 
a lot of gratitude uh, towards all of uh, towards the Flames from Oliver for how they've dealt with this, and and how much privacy, how much support, how much empathy they've given him throughout this. So it wouldn't surprise me if even though his contract expires at the end of this season, even if he doesn't play this year, um, I still think there's a chance that he'd be uh, interested in, you know, kind of taking a, um, taking a, a, a really, you know, kind of team friendly contract going forward and, and uh, remaining with the organization. And so if that was the case, then, then he'd be in the fold. You know, the Tanev one's really interesting because the points you make, Sean, are fair. I think he would bolster the defense. I think you would really want to have guys, a guy like him mentoring your young players all day. I think you want that. It's just about what that contract looks like. He's 34 years old. Um, is it, it is he willing to take a two-year deal? Is he willing to take a three-year deal? Does he want four years? Or if you're the Flames, do you want to go four years? It, it just these are the questions that then come into it. And then when you think about all the different teams that might be interested in him, like a Toronto, like a Dallas, like I think you could probably point to six or seven other teams that are playoff teams in either conference and say, yeah, they'd be all over a guy like Tanev, depending on what you'd get in return then that's when you really have to start weighing things. So I don't think that they're – like, I don't think it is a bad thing what you're saying. It's just I there's also a very, very huge return you could be looking at for him, and, and I just don't think you can ignore that, you know? I agree, and the only it, – it's a replacement value. You're never going to get – that kind of a replacement. I mean, we've seen Gio go down the road and we've seen, uh, sorry, my girlfriend is a Leafs fan. So you've seen Gio and Brody go down the road and now they're at the point of uh, end of career. And I don't mean that negatively because I both, uh, both players, I think were great at certain points in time. They needed a change of pace and they did very well doing the change of pace. Mm -hmm. However, somebody like Tanev, He's still not completely out of. No, he's still playing really good hockey for sure. Yeah, he's playing awesome. I mean, he's great. I I I I love the guy. And yes, you take the risk on the, on, on that he's going to be out. But do we have enough in the fold? And yes, I understand the Shillington comment, but there's that's the biggest thing is that I think that Shillington, if you can actually pencil him in I think the defensive core with Uyghur and Raz and you add Shillington into that you have top three you add Tanev into a three or four year term uh, you know these guys you know I mean they talk about the Gilbert signing etc 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 I think it would be very beneficial just to bolster that defensive core and it all depends like how much younger do the Flames want to go, right? And how many spots do they want to open up for young players? All those types of things. Look, I don't think what you're saying is wrong or um, I don't think what you're saying is um, uh, like like coming from a place of, of poor logic. I don't. It's It just comes down, Sean, in, in my eyes to – you know that risk, not risk reward, but cost benefit, right? Like what what's going to oh, yeah. be better? I mean, again, if you if you can turn around and flip that for a second, uh, you know, plus a prospect, that's a pretty good return for a over thirty 
defenseman. However, he can teach your defensive core to be everything you need it to be. Yeah. It's going to be fascinating, man. I appreciate the call, Sean. Thank you, sir. It was a pleasure. I listen to you every day for 45-minute drive home. Uh, it is intriguing every night. Well, hey, I uh, appreciate your patronage. That's awesome, man. Uh, keep listening and uh, be well. Call back anytime, hey? You have yourself a Merry Christmas, and uh, we will talk to you when we talk to you. Okay, Sean. Merry Christmas to you as well. Be well, hey? Thank you, sir. And that will wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. Great stuff on the phone lines, even though it was a slow night. Still got lots of conversation in. Great stuff on the text line as well at 960-960. Flames win 3-0 over the Anaheim Ducks. Three straight wins. They're back to the 500 mark as we move towards Christmas 2023. It's time for the final summary on this Thursday night slash Friday morning, depending on um, where you are, if you're listening live. Uh, Flames never trailed in this game, obviously, and they basically led wire to wire. That's a good sign as well. Too many times they've trailed wire to wire in games. Tonight, they basically led wire to wire because Nick Simone opened the scoring at 224 the first period with the eventual game-winning goal. That's a bit of a milestone for Nick. His first career NHL goal makes it one nothing Calgary. Nick Simone's first from Connor Zary and Elias Lindholm at the 224 mark and that makes it uh, 1-0 Calgary. That would be your score after 20 minutes of play. To the second period we go where the Flames score. Gasp! A power play goal. Elias Lindholm gets it and he rips it on the rush. Lindholm's eighth of the year from Nazem Kadri and Yegor Sharangovich. Power play goal at 7.49 of the second period. Made it 2-0 Flames. They led 2-0 after 40. They led 2-0 uh, well into the late stages of the third period and then would seal it into an empty net at the 18-minute mark when A.J. Greer potted his sixth of the year. Greer from Lindholm at 18 minutes into the empty net makes it 3-0, which would end up being your final score. Final shots, 44-27 in favor of the Flames. Calgary owes 1-for-7 on the power play tonight. Anaheim 0-for-4 with the man advantage. Your three stars tonight, number three, Blake Coleman. Number two, Jacob Markstrom. And with a goal and three points, Elias Lindholm is your number one star this evening. With the win, Calgary improves to 14 14 and five. They're back in action Saturday on the road in Los Angeles. While the Ducks fall to 12, 20, and zero, they're back in action Saturday at home to Seattle. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Ali Nanji, my name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk postgame show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Next up for the Flames is that Saturday night game. It's an 8 o'clock face-off against the Kings. We'll be on the air at 7 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. Your final score from the Pond in Anaheim and the Honda Center. Flames 3, Ducks nothing. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show available wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.